name's Andrew. Welcome back to another episode of So What Are We Watching? Today we are joined by new co-host, John Paul Derwin. Hello there. My name's John Paul and I've taken over from Jay Pollitt and I'm very much looking forward to doing this with Andrew and I'm just glad that we are actually recording a new episode now. Hopefully it'll be out in the next week, I'm hoping. Yeah. Depend depends on how quick I edit it, so That's true. Let's hope that you're very fast with it. Very very fast, yeah. But um we're doing it a little bit differently now. So we've passed episode 10, so this is episode 11. Um, so do you want to introduce our first topic? Yes, of course. So I think for the episode 11, we are just going to go over our favourite genres and our idea of cinema just a little bit. So I it's know more you like did an introduction that. episode. So Yeah, more of an introduction episode as I, I am a new host and it'll be a way for you to get to know me more, my favourite genres, favourite films, what I think of the cinema industry as a whole, and I'm looking forward to discussing that with you today, Andrew. So I must ask you the ultimate question, and I'm so honoured to do this, but Andrew, what have you been watching? Uh, uh, the last film I watched recently was, um, which I've talked about on this podcast quite a few times with uh, Jordan, uh, is Halloween Ends. Um, so episode 10, I was given a Michael Myers mask by uh, Jay. And I went to go see Halloween Ends wearing that mask. So I went to the cinema with a bunch of my friends and sat down with that mask on and watched it. So I went to see that in 4D. Um, Halloween Ends. I enjoyed it. Um, a, l- a lot of people, which when I say a lot of people, majority of the film community just don't like this film. Like, And I, I'm... I can see why it's a very um, different direction to how a lot of the Halloween films have been done beforehand. Um, I mean, you know, it's part of a trilogy too, and it kind of has to end somewhere. But just how how they've done it, I can see why people are angry. But I kind of felt like it made sense to end it how they ended it. But I I overall enjoyed it. it. You know, it was a it was a Halloween film at the end of the day. Um, there was probably more focus on other parts than the more slasher elements, and it was quite more of a slow burn than the other two films. Um, but I enjoyed it. So, I mean, I feel like that's a problem that you get when you are ending this franchise of what was it, nineteen seventy nine? Nineteen seventy eight. I was one year off, but yeah, it's like it's a big legacy. It's a big, you know, um, for a film that didn't even have that much of a big budget at the time. It's mm-hmm. like massive legacy. You know, John Carpenter, um, Nick Castle, and all that. Uh, you know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's in this because it's uh, apparently the last Halloween film too. Um, but it's it's something massive, and like you know, it's 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 difficult to kind of like treat these characters in like a way that. Like old fans and new fans would kind of respect that, and with this, I feel like it's probably upset quite a lot of fans, and I can understand the reasons why. But then again, like in realism and realistically, I I can't really see like how else you would kind of uh end the franchise because you know there's there's never really been introduction to anything like you know like odd or supernatural. Maybe with like Curse of Michael Myers or something like that, but that's not part of this timeline so this is based off the first film and then 40 years after and then the sequels that come after it um but yeah i i i went to see it in 4d um so my pullback 
I was uh, going to say, did you get stabbed in the back by the yeah, 4D Yeah, quite, quite a lot of times. I, I mean, what I, what I enjoy about 4D, it's not just like the jump scares and all that that it does. Like, it, yeah, it enhances it. But it's more just like the cinematography too. So, you know, like if the camera like pans or turns or something like a certain way, then your chair will move a bit and you kind of feel a little bit more immersed. But also, you know, when people are getting killed on screen, like water splashing in your face, it's like, you know, like, as, if, as, if, as if it's like blood. It's just like, you know, like squirting your face and like... Like uh, motion at the back and all that, you seat jolts, and you know it's a little bit more immersive, and I, I quite like it. So, I mean, I'd love to get stabbed in the back by Michael Myers from a chair. I feel. I mean, I remember when I, the first horror film I'd seen for D was um, Scream, the Scream Five or Scream, uh, which was earlier this year, and I quite like that. So that's why I want to see, go see Halloween Ends in uh, 4D because you know I feel like. You can re-watch a horror or watch a horror with 4D and it kind of makes it a little bit better. Like, you know, if something's not as scary as you want it to be, if you watch it in 4D, it makes it better. So that's probably why I enjoyed it more, because I didn't just see it in all 2D and watch it in 4D. So it's a little bit more to kind of like process and a lot less to kind of focus on, even though I was watching the whole film. So, but that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching? Well, speaking of ways to bring back franchises, well, a film, um... Recently, I did watch Hocus Pocus 2, and Hocus Pocus was my childhood, especially around Halloween. I used to watch the Sanderson sisters dance and sing on stage, and I love that film, and they decided to bring back the original actresses for the Sanderson sisters, and also an original cast that they had. And a lot, it it was sort of the same, a lot of people didn't like the way it went, but I completely loved it. They still had the same chemistry, they still acted the same, they still acted like they had literally gone off the set of Hocus Pocus and then straight into Hocus Pocus 2, despite it being, I don't even know how long it's been, about 25, 24 years, Why do you think think a lot of people don't like it? I think it's just like what we were talking about with Halloween Ends is trying to bring back character. I mean, like, Halloween was a bit different because there has been, like, multiple films over, like, the years. Um, But I think it is just trying to bring a satisfying conclusion to these characters that have just been brought back. Um, like with Hocus Pocus, everybody thought that was the end. And it was a fitting end for the Sanderson sisters. And then they were just supposed to come back. People were confused whether it was a prequel, whether it was like just before they came back or something. I'm not too sure about their like after they had died. Um, but they did, they did decide to resurrect them again. Um, so a lot of people didn't like the way that I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I think there's also a bit of disappointment in the sense of. Some of the other, like some of the other original cast didn't come back. Yeah, but I loved it. I found it so satisfying to watch. It was amazing. It was perfect, and it sort of humanised the witches a little bit more. Um, like the idea of sisterhood and the relationships that we have with one another. I love those stories, and I loved Hocus Pocus too. And despite what people say about the original number, not it's not really an original number, but the number that they had, which was. Um, I can't remember what the song is right now. That is on me. But they just blew it away. It was a it was a Halloween film that I completely adore and I completely love. See, I've seen Hocus Pocus, but I haven't seen Hocus Pocus 2 yet. And probably because I, just, I don't have Disney Plus, so uh, sadly. But for someone like me, would you recommend... like Because I am a fan, a fan of the original Hocus Pocus, but like, would you recommend watching it? Um... I think, I mean, I guess in terms of your 
Halloween films, it is a bit different because obviously it's not a slasher. But if you are a fan of the original film, I would say give it a shot. But if you don't want it lessened type of thing, like yeah. your, the impact that it had for you, then I probably wouldn't recommend watching it. It's just I love Hocus Pocus and it did, and I, and I did enjoy the film. But just with how many people have been disappointed, I wouldn't recommend watching it if if you're not as excited about this next instalment that they've released. Yeah, they've also they've also possibly set up a future for another Hocus Pocus film, just without the Sanderson sisters. Now I feel like a lot of people are probably angry about that, and and a yeah. Hocus Pocus film without the Sanderson sisters is kind of like Halloween without Michael. Yeah, because I mean I'm not going to spoil it too much for you, but there was this. Um, there was a little bit of a prequel for the Sanderson sisters, and there was something linked to a bird. And it kept appearing throughout, but not with a really a, an explanation. Okay. And then at the end, it sort of just flew off over these new girls who are hint. One of them's hinted at being a witch. So they are probably setting up like a coven film, maybe. But I mean, it's only speculation at the moment because Disney haven't confirmed any of this. It is just speculation and what people think could happen. And there was also a post-credit scene of another black candle being made. Which, obviously, if you know Hocus Pocus, the Black Candle is what brings the Sanderson sisters back to life. Wow. Well, yeah. definitely something to look forward to for the people that actually enjoyed Hocus Pocus 2. For me, uh, I'll probably have to keep an eye out, definitely. But, yeah. What would you rate this film? I would probably say a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a film that needed to be made. But I'm happy it was made. Um, I just love seeing characters come back, except for Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. But I guess we can talk about that when we talk about our favourite films and franchises. But Bette Midler and um, Bette Midler just coming back just has this presence about her. And it was perfectly executed. There was like a sort of thing about obviously the original Hocus Pocus film was made in the 90s and there was a thing of them adjusting to the advancements in our time. And then they they went further with it in Hocus Pocus 2 because since then there has been a lot of advances in terms of things you see in shops or things like phones and everything else and it was perfect. Fair enough. Um, so kind of leading from that onto second sort of topic for this episode um favorite genres I'm... i feel like i should ask you first because you already know like, a lot of people who listen to this will already know my favorite genre or favorite genres of film is so it's a little bit typical whereas you're the newbie here so we'll ask you i'm i'm a bit of a I, i'm not really into particular genres, but if I had to say what my favourite one, maybe my favourite one would be, it would be probably fantasy, sci-fi. I love the idea of just escaping into different worlds. I love Star Wars, I love Harry Potter, I love Lord of the Rings. I'm a very mainstream type of person. The MCU, I love, to some extent at the moment, but we won't, but we won't talk about that right now. I love now. when you say mainstream, because like, like, you know, back, probably back in like early 2000s, maybe like early 90s and all that, like uh, not early 90s, but like in the late 90s, like none of this would have been mainstream. Like none of like you know this interest would have been mainstream. Would have been outcast. And now kind of it's it's interesting now. Like in the modern area, like we're in like the 2020s, and it's like to like all this stuff is like the new norm. If you don't like any of this stuff and all that, or you're not uh, you at least don't even know what it is. 
the kind of like the outcast. It's a bit, a bit ironic though. So. Yeah, but I am very much into big budget, beautiful executed CGI or different world. I mean, it is mainly going to be CGI anyway with sci-fi and fantasy. But I completely adore it. Andrew knows about my obsession with Harry Potter. I have spent too much on merchandise regarding that. Once. And then we've had multiple arguments and discussions about Star Wars and about that future. But I could go on for about an hour about Star Wars. And, and DC. And DC. DC yes. very much. Yes, DC. You already, everybody knows my um, opinion on DC currently. And John has a very, very different opinion. I think that would be a perfect idea for another episode. Oh, Just like a complete a discussion regarding discussion DC, DC, Zack Snyder, his universe, his would-be universe if it actually went ahead. Versus the current state of it now. Yes. Uh, Although, I will I will put it out there, there is a slight hope now. For James Gunn, if you haven't heard already, has taken over leadership to guide the DC universe. Yeah. That could be episode 12. You... Have to have to keep an eye out, but that that definitely could be episode twelve. It's definitely something that me and Andrew could talk about to a very very large extent, as we have done for our multiple years of friendship. We have discussed it a lot, I would say. It'd be a very 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 good debate, but like you say, sci-fi, fantasy, all that sort of like the big blockbuster yes. and all that. Like, where where did it start? Where did where did the obsession start with this? I think it was just. When I was growing up, my dad loved films. We used to watch every single type of film that ever came around. We watched Back to the Future. We watched not really Star Wars. I, I sort of got that onto myself because they just had one DVD and it was The Phantom Menace. Maybe not the best introduction to this un- to that universe. And I watched it and I saw Jar Jar Binks, Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Maul, Emperor Palpatine. And I just got lost in that universe. Harry Potter, on the other hand, I did used to read the books when I was very young because my dad read them all and I started reading them and then I got introduced through the films and it it is just a it is just such as I grew up with Harry type of thing so like when Harry was 11 you grew up in the closet yeah I mean I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the closet just just putting it out there I didn't grow up in the closet but I mean I wasn't 11 when I started watching Harry Potter like Harry was but my I developed with him like I realise, like, when you are younger, everything seems so perfect. You don't think about anything outside of your current life. You think, I am just going to go to school, play with my friends, and enjoy it as much as I can, even though the world isn't perfect. And then you start to realise that as you grow up. And as Harry progressed, and the film started to be released, and in the books, the darkness seeped in from the outside world, and you started to realise what the world actually is. It isn't this play box where you just go off and enjoy life. It is, there is a lot to work with, a lot of cogs to turn to make society work. And that did lead me to to, to um, change the politics. I mean, I'm not going to get too political in this, but there is a reason why I went, why I transferred to politics rather than creative studies. Probably makes sense for the DC episode if it's going to turn into a political discussion. But yes, yes. Yeah. Um... I also just want to say, um, I don't think you referenced this in the previous episode, but I just want to say R.I.P. to Robbie Coltrane. Hagrid, my wonderful giant, has, did pass away, sadly. Um, I mean, when somebody told me about it, I didn't actually recognise the, the name, sadly, because I only knew him as, as Hagrid. Um, but that was a big hit for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Andrew, I think we should talk about... Andrew Campbell, 
what is your favourite genre? Oh, see, oh, that's a hard one. Ooh. Sure, um, it is. Um, 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 horror, obviously. Horror. <laughs> uh, everything, uh, horror, everything horror, you know, subgenres of horror like slashes and um, like elevated horror, and uh, there's so many different types. But never said, I mean, a lot, a lot of things kind of make sense, especially since I'm born on Halloween. So, uh, which was my birthday recently, actually too. So, you know, happy birthday to me! Happy birthday, Andrew! Turning twenty-one and getting not younger, older. Ah, oh, great, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, but as 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 long as I can remember, you know, I, I I was into like horror films, probably mostly because like when when I was like probably maybe like five, six, seven. I was tormented quite a bit by my cousins who showed me like uh, scare confirmations of like horror films. They got you know kid around about like Chucky or Pennywise or Freddy Krueger and all that. Say, oh, he's gonna get you. And then little did they know, like just innocent old me, just in my room with my laptop, just kind of actually getting into all these films. I'm just like, oh, I actually like horror. And now I'm just an avid horror fan. But you know, I'm I'm obsessed with all of it. Um, I'm obsessed with all the films. Like I love all the you know the old ones, the seventies, eighties, nineties. Like the black and white horror films. Are like modern horror films now. Although a lot of it is becoming a quite unoriginal style. So you know they're just rehashing everything. But it's probably my my top genre that I prefer, and I just enjoy doing. Like you know, if I'm at home bored, I'll just put on a horror. You know. Um, I think that's the beauty of horror films, though, is that when you get home and you've had like a bit of a slow dragging day, you can put on a horror film and you know that your adrenaline will get going and you'll be like either hiding under the sheets or just getting like astounded by these creepy creatures that you can see on screen or just people who put on a mask and they just become an absolute murderous I think murderous what, beast. what makes me in awe with horror is the creativity of like some like directors and screenwriters minds and like the makeup artists too and it's that and the actors the actors that you know put the talent and put their skill into this like there's 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 loads of like icons of horror that I love you know like, like Robert England uh Clive Barker uh Doug Bradley um Brad Dourif um Tony Todd this this to- Tobin Bell from Saw. There's loads of actors that uh, I-, I I could list so many, like old, young, new, um, but they all make it so worth it, so worth watching. But it's that, and I just kind of love, like, you know, that exp- like the, just the, the, the expression of fear and all that, but like through different types of like things, you know, either it's like body horror, if it's monsters, if it's, you know, supernatural stuff, if it's something that's a little bit more human like we were watching um get out like literally last night you know was, we was talking about it, and it like that's a little, little bit more of like a like a thriller horror it's not you know like, like a you know like a scary one but it's like it's still scary in practice in theory it's not like a jump scary one but it's still like quite eerie yeah you know, i just quite like those but yeah i mean aside from horror so I won't go too too much about it because you know everyone's gonna get sick to death of it. Uh, John, I see you looking at me. Um, I'm not sick to death of it. I love horror films. But I mean, like you, I do enjoy a bit of sci-fi and fantasy. So you know, like Marvel, uh, a bit of DC. Uh, the D- Just a little bit. The mm. only the only good things from DC, not everything. Um, you know, Batman and Lois Lane's baby. <laughs> That's a teaser for the next episode. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I quite like like crime and thrillers, 
uh like kind of like like docudramas like like you know like, like documentary like autobiography sort type stuff uh like kind of inspired and true events um comedies it depends who is doing the comedies and all that and i quite like animation too which is uh it's not a genre actually yeah i shouldn't even be saying animation because it's not a genre it's a medium so but i like different genres in animation but uh yeah the, the big one horror of course um you know like my, my my love for horror is that big that i went to like a horror convention this year at Trafford park which I've, I've mentioned this quite a few times in here uh for the love of horror i went there met a bunch of guests that i've seen horror films alike met a bunch of people that are dressed up as horror movie icons and all that took some photos got some merch best time in my life and i'm going again next year so already booked the tickets already bought the tickets had to buy them um straight away as soon as they've been released so yeah that's how that's how far my uh love for horror goes so very very far it's in the name for the love of horror i think after discussing our favorite film genres etc i feel like one thing we could discuss right now is where we feel like cinema is and where it may possibly end up because I feel like currently it is very set in a certain course. I think there is just a constant, like the same actors, actresses in these same roles and the same film formula pushed and pushed and pushed again. And especially when it links to Marvel, I think that is where it's currently at. And do you think this will continue? It depends what you mean, like, what do you mean as in, like, will it continue, like, in what sense? So do you think, because recently we have discussed Thor, Love and Thunder, and the formula that they, that they used, it was sort of the same way that they have executed some of their previous films, which were executed very well, like Thor Ragnarok, yeah. and Guardians of the Galaxy, which do heavily go on this comedy genre, and a lot of their current material at the moment is following that same formula. Um, do you think there needs to be a switch from this comedic light-hearted, light-hearted uh, formula and then turn to a more serious one like DC is currently using. Well, I feel like they're already trying to try them that a little bit. Like, you've got films like, uh, which didn't come out that long ago, but we had Multiverse of Madness, which tried to, you know, switch up a little bit. It tried to be like the first horror MC film, even though it wasn't as um, horror as it made it to be. But I feel like, like there's, there's an actual film, or rather a special presentation film, um, which came out recently, which is on Disney Plus, uh, which I actually got the opportunity to watch, even though I don't have it, uh, is Werewolf by Night. And I feel like that's like that that was kinda like a good showcase of like how they can switch up stuff like that. Like, you know, they, they they filmed in black and white, they they went like very homage with it, so they went like the Wolfman like sort of homage. Um they they were able to get away with like quite a bit too. Like they used um more like prosthetic stuff like rather than like cgi like i was surprised to find this out which it makes sense but the um, the sculpt of the man thing in it is actually like an like it's part of a cgi but the rest of it's like a puppet i'm just like that is some yeah. really good work like i was watching it i'm just like wow but just how they did that how they did like you know some of the, like the, the more like r-rated elements they would not normally see which is like it's quite surprising for a marvel film so i feel like they could be doing stuff like that but i feel like they should Obviously, they should try some new stuff, but also they should fall back on what made the MCU great in the first place. Like they should go back to like 
uh, you know, like Winter Soldier, like when it was like a little bit more uh, dark and gritty. I sound such a DC fan saying it's dark and no, gritty. But as an MC, like as a main MCU fan, like I'm not really within the fan base of the DC. I can appreciate the films. I can love it, but I wouldn't say that I'm set on hoping that it is a success. But with the MCU, I've been there from I think I really got involved in it in 2013, and like yes, it was great. Time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was around then. The first film I watched was The Avengers. And then I went on to watch Iron Man 3. And then I caught up after that. Um, but Mine yeah, was the um, Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. And that's what kind of got I've still never seen that film. That, that, that watch it and your whole perspective on Hulk would change. Like, the, Incredible, the Incredible Hulk film is the only MCU film, well, it's MCU film that I haven't seen. But I've seen a lot of scenes from that. And the way that they are going with making it more this light-hearted, not giving a crap type of thing. Like, it, it seems like they're going down a route of having no consequences within that universe. And the and the demolition of the Hulk character that they've performed is so upsetting. Um, I, just, I just feel like they're not growing with the audience. They did, for the, they did for the Infinity Saga, but now that they've moved on to a different saga, they've gone back to their Disney's mainstream like targeted audience of children that I just feel like they're making it so I don't even know watered down I think it's children 14 50 year old girls are obsessed with over a Marvel character that they've got nothing in common with but exactly but oh my god Tom Holland oh it's just that thing of yeah the infinity saga was perfect um I wouldn't say perfect I would say perfect compared to what is going for now. Anyway, we're not talking about the. We're not just talking about the MCU in this episode. We were supposed to be talking about the protecting about cinema currently and where it I, is I going. I will tell you who needs a form of change, but like like you said, I probably shouldn't be talking more about this. But we'll save this for the next episode. But DC needs a formula change. Yes, definitely because they've they've they had they had their own formula at first, and then because of studio interference, like. They started doing like more formatic stuff like Marvel, and then now they just don't know where they want it to be. So you know, but like you said before, with with a new head and someone's actually worked on superhero films, uh, hopefully they get a clear sense of like where it should go. But... I think I think the MCU currently works best as having that huge universe off Earth, but I personally feel like the DC is better when it's just located within Earth. Yeah. So MCU is perfect when it's expanded, a li- like a little bit, like not too overcrowded, but when it has this saga about the universe and about a universe problem, but then the DC seems better when it's grounded, like like the current like the Batman film that was released this year. This was that was perfect. That is the type of thing that I want to see the the DC expand on. But with the current state that cinema's in, I feel like currently cinema is. More of just a comic book. The only films that you mainly see in cinema currently, the one thing that people mainly go to cinemas for, is to view these it's comic books. Films, yeah. yeah, and then when you have these, like a few years, like about 10, 20 years ago, you would could go to the cinema and you could see a variety of films. Whether it was, uh, yeah, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts. I mean, those are part of the same universe as well. But uh, I'm trying to think, like horror films. Spy films, crime films, but now it is mainly just a comic book. Yeah, like a lot of the I feel films... like I feel like that idea they've sort of dragged away from cinema and just put it on TV onto now TV, Netflix, 
Disney Plus. That's what they're doing. That's I another thing uh, about like cinema. So like, which I, I kind of like it. It's slowly becoming the death of cinema because a lot of things now you're able to watch, like like with the Marvel stuff, DC stuff, or anything else on the big screen. So if it's like a studio exclusive, if it's like Warner Brothers, if it's Disney, if it's Paramount, if it's Sony. Within, you know, give it, like, so many weeks for the box office and all that, then they'll release it, like, it's still in cinema, but, like, straight to demand, like, straight to, like, these platforms, just so they can get money, so it's, like, it's, uh, it's quantity over quality at this point, that's, they're pushing out all these, like, different projects, just so they can, you know, like, have, like, a, a catalogue of, like, um, IPs and, you know, like, rights and, like, uh, merchandise and all that, so they can generate the money, because, like, Especially in a post-pandemic world, uh, or rather, if we are still in the pandemic, just it's not as, you know, um, shouted out as much as it was. Like you know, like like it's kind of been swept into the rug a little bit now. But especially like yeah. you know, like, there's been massive effects on those of companies, and the film one is probably one that suffered like quite a bit. Especially since you know, like a lot of it had to be released, like you know, like like uh, delayed, cancels, re-releases, and all that. Um, and I, f- I feel like now, like with like certain studios, just don't have the budget to do what they want to do anymore. Like especially, it's it's probably getting like a lot, a little bit more expensive doing like these reshoots, uh, and especially with like all like money and all that in the world, like like certain prices going up too. It's a lot harder. So there's a lot, there's fewer and fewer films. Like I've realized this when I go to cinema now. When I go to cinema and I want to watch something, there's fewer and fewer films that come out. It's at a point where. Uh, cinemas have to kind of like put on re-releases and all that like companies have to put on re-releases which is a great thing they should be re-releasing films on the big screen like I went to see uh, Poltergeist in 4k uh, in 4d that was great um, but there isn't as many films as there were anymore like the, you know you, you used to be able to go to cinema and see something like every weekend now there's like there's like two or three films that'll be out within like that month and then they'll probably stay in the cinema for like the next month or two, but there won't be anything else good out. And you know, um, like like horror films, there's not as many horror films out as there used to be in the UK, especially like I don't know if you heard about uh, Terrifier two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the success that's doing over in the US, yeah, it wouldn't be released here because of the um, BB BBFC BBFC basically saying like oh. We want to cut a few things out so then we can release it in cinemas, but the director basically just said no. Um, but that's being released on DVD, but that's a lot of things. Like, a lot of things that will be released in America, like a lot of these films, like, you know, films that the film board in the U- UK just don't deem, like, appropriate or deem, like, you know, oh, it's not cinema-worthy. They'll put straight to, uh, straight to uh, demand. And it'll be, like, the same in a lot of countries, too, and that's what's losing money, and that's why you don't realise about all these, like, hidden gems of films. Like, yeah. That film was on like a five hundred k budget. It made like three four million in the box office just within like two three weeks. It's insane. But the UK won't, you know, they, they don't they won't they don't want to replicate that success and all that. And it's it's a bit of a shame. I think um, like the problem that I can think of with cinema is that we've been so subject to a constant flow. Yeah, when the MCU was building up throughout two thousand like the two thousand and tens, I feel like we were bombarded with so much of this same thing over and over again. That we began to miss what like came before that and then when i feel like it did start with star wars the uh, the rise of skywalker people started to welcome old things back and that's why there's been like this nostalgia fest for the past three four years where old actors come back to play characters yeah and i feel like they're just trying to draw back because they 
have no more originality anymore. It's following the same thing over and over again. That they are trying to harness everything that came from before and then just bombard their audiences with nostalgia. But I mean, speaking of the current state of cinema, do you think cinema will last much longer within within our society and world? Possibly. I don't. It's a bit of a difficult to think because you know, like with like emerging technologies, like emerging platforms, like how easy it is now to just have a subscription to you know a certain studio and just be able to watch that film there and also get more exclusives. Um. Um. It's 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 I it's not something I can answer straight. Um, if cinema is going to survive or not. I mean, will it survive the next decade? We won't know. But I do know there's going to be there is like a lot of films that are going to be planned being released. But I mean, I I mean, how long has cinema been around for? Like, when was like the earliest like we had cinema? I would say nineteen twenties, nineteen tens. I think it was quite far back in the 20th century when film actually became a thing because you had the Buster Keaton era and Salad Film era. So it's been round. It's been an institution that's been there for at least 100 years. Because I don't think it'll truly, like, ever, like, properly die because, like, you know, like, there's too much money in it to lose for it to just be like, right, we're never going to put anything on the big screen again. We're just going to put it on, like, you know, um, the small screens. But I definitely can see like the similar industry is like struggling quite a bit because a lot of people I can just prefer, which I don't blame for this, prefer to stay at home and watching films. Like I go to the cinema, and half the time I do hate it because it's people. Like I just I don't I dislike people, um, but <laughs> you know like it's it's gone to the point where like you know when you was like a kid and all that it wasn't too bad, and now like there's a lot more people going to the cinema because you know like we can go out again. Um, but you kind of realize like you know like how much like people are just not used to like being in a place with other people who are just like you know constantly talking constantly disruptive and i, I don't feel realize that people like the people i don't think people realize that um cinema and watching movies at home are completely different like if you're at home it's quiet and all that you've, you've got you've got that nice space to watch you can enjoy it and if you've got the right tv like like you know, that's also another thing why you need to go to a cinema when if you can get yourself a TV that's like 4K or you know like, like QLED, OLED, like all these bright yeah. colors, like surround sound and all that, like a, like a good decent TV, and in, in, like a dark room, you got yourself a popcorn. You can make that cinematic for yourself. So I I think cinema will die, based on the pure fact that especially during lockdown they suffered a lot, but then people realized that they could literally just make their own home into a cinema. Yeah, exactly. Because people had nothing to do. So what would they do? They would focus on their home and then think, oh yeah, I just want to watch a film and then they probably just get more stuff and realise that going to the cinema isn't really needed anymore. I mean, was there a thing where Cineworld did declare bankruptcy yes. and they are supposed to close down? The, um, I think it was like the parent company of um, Cineworld. I think it was like Regal Cinemas or something like that. Um, at one point, like their stocks just dropped by like 8%. And, and it's just like, yeah, they were about to declare bankruptcy, which I'm surprised because, I mean, I go Cineworld quite a bit. Um, you are their main source of income, Andrew. Yeah, I, I am their main source of income, but I think it's also like, I'm surprised they haven't put anything else, like, price-wise, but they would they offer these, like, passes, and I have one, which is, the, you know, the Cineworld Limited card. Yeah. They pay so, so much a month to go see as many films. And I, I don't even feel I can get the money's worth out of that anymore, neither, because there's not that, like I said, there's not much in cinemas to the point where I actually can use it. And if there is, 
everything just is not appealing. It's just like it's rubbish. It's you know like nothing I go see is is worth watching. Um, and it's to the point now where I would just book my friends' films instead, like because I, I it's like I'm gonna use it because there's nothing else and this is where I want to watch. Yeah. Uh, up until you know like there'll be like one month where there'll be like something every weekend even then i just found like i prefer watching stuff at home now like there's stuff on netflix there's stuff on like um shudder or sky that i prefer to watch or just you know put a dvd on because i can you know at least enjoy it in my own silence yeah anyway i do have one final question regarding the future of cinema for you andre Go on. do you think that Zack snyder could save cinema on his own what sort of question is that? Do you think I'm not putting that Zack in. Snyder could save cinema, Andrew? Uh, you have to save this, and this is a final question of the you show. Gotta, you gotta think about what sort of films Snyder actually made. Like, you know, Mouse Steel, Watchmen, Three Hundred. You gotta think about these films, like Army of the Dead, and all that. Like, yeah, I put put all aside, you know, like your hate for Snyder. I don't uh, have a hate for Snyder. I just didn't understand. Sure, okay. Um, I just didn't understand the hype for that cut. I mean, I did understand the story behind it, and I understand why people wanted it to be released. But then it was a whole thing of restore the Snyderverse, which I still hope they do. But at this point, to be fair, they could go a totally different direction with it too. Now they've got. James uh, Gunn. James Gunn. But anyway, um, saying he will be able to, you know, like save cinema as a whole is, yeah, that's that's an impossible task. No one's gonna be able to save unless you get uh, Martin Scorsese or um, Chris Nolan or um, John Carpenter. If you get all like the directors together and make one big film, so then you might be able to. But I guess so. Like yeah. like like um, I went to see um, I don't know if you have heard of it, Amsterdam. And I thought that was actually that probably get like a lot of people uh, to watch you watch the film because the cast in that is like it's incredible. Humongous. It's yeah. humongous. Like Christian Bale, uh, Mar- Margot Robbie, um, uh, Michael Shannon, Rami Malek, uh, Anna J- Taylor Joy. Is it? I'm not too sure. It probably is. Yeah. There is uh, uh, there are so many people in that film. Uh, Mike Myers. Uh, Woo. <laughs> yeah. There's there's so many people in there. I thought like okay this. And there's another film coming out too, which has also got Margot Robbie in it, but it's got uh, her and um, Brad Pitt in it, which is uh, Babylon. And I, I feel like like films like those, like like actual like cinema made films, like in, or that, that are not just like fancy genre based, which actually save cinema again. When I see it, it wasn't that great though. I, I was expecting a lot of good things, but it, it was it was a bit rubbish. So I feel like the problem is as well as how greedy some companies do get for profits. Yeah. Especially when they do have, like, especially when they do host great big franchises like the MCU. I don't feel like they're going to let cinemas off. I feel like they'll try and scrape them for all they're worth. And that's where cinemas start to struggle as well. Yeah. I, 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 it's a mix of people not attending and also the profits that they want to get from that. I, 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 I will say that I'm, I'm really excited for um, Avatar 2. Yes. Like Avatar The Way of Water. I mean, yeah. I, I know, like, a load of people, like, uh, uh, to be fair, a lot of Marvel fans were kind of hating on Avatar when the whole Endgame Avatar box office thing was kind of, you know, like, who's going to win each other? Even though the irony is, Disney owns Avatar anyway. And yeah. Disney owns Marvel, so it's like, it doesn't really matter. They're both... But it's like, because Avatar at the time was like, the, like the, the, the you know, CGI and all that is phenomenal. 
I that... feel like Avatar, like Avatar Two, will be a reawakening, reawakening of cinema because I feel like people will want to go watch that. Yeah, because it is sort of linking that nostalgia aspect to it, but also it's going to be an amazing film, and it was the biggest film before Endgame. Yeah, the most did, lucrative. Did one. James Cameron do um, uh, Attila? I'm not too sure. I only know James Cameron. Uh, Alita. Oh, I think it was. Oh, Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. Yeah, I think I believe I believe he did. Like, like it was a bit, it those was a big sort of films I'd rather have back in cinema. I know that's based off like a manga and anime, but that was a good film. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it. Like and for a twelve two, it was like surprisingly quite gory. But I think James Cameron is a phenomenal director. I yeah. think that's I think that's definitely shown through his work. I remember him saying a quote about Avatar. He said he had to write the books before he could direct the film because there's five films that are going to be. Oh in God! That imagine if Michael Bay comes back and starts. Doing his cinema stuff. Imagine Michael Bay Michael, directing all, an Avatar film. Just no, it's, all it would be just explosions. And that's it. <laughs> that, any any Michael Bay film welcome, just explodes. Welcome to Boom by Michael my, by Michael Bay, and it's just a I'm constant pretty, I'm pretty montage. I'm pretty sure he's not even doing like uh, Transformers anymore. Like someone else is doing no, Transformers. No, yeah, Michael Bay is retired from Transformers. I think it because it was too Bumblebee. Much. Now it's like uh, Rise of the Beast or something like that. That's yeah. Kind of next. Um, but yeah, they, because they left it, I like a certain thing, but. Um, not Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> he c- comes back to cinema to fix it. But oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. Um, but no, I don't think anybody would be able to save cinema as much as no. It's gonna die. I feel like BMC would have to die before cinema is saved. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um, I think that's been. A good episode. It's been heavily convoluted and we have yeah. talked about a lot. But I feel like it's definitely linking to further episodes which we do have in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the next episode. Especially next, the next episode, episode. DC. Zack Snyder. James Gunn. A little bit of Black Adam. And Andrew Campbell. <laughs> the specialist of the DC universe. Um, I feel like it does definitely links to like quite a few of our previous episodes. Like I know, like me and John did the episode about um our reboots ruining the film industry. So I think like that links quite heavily to that and that and um ah uh, there was another episode. To be fair, now once you've done t- ten episodes, you can forget about all the episodes mm-hmm. you do completely. So here's to another ten. Um, here's to another however many we can do yeah exactly exactly. Years. until you leave this time I will never leave <laughs> once e- you've got me e- I'm never episode leaving. 20 just John I'm I'm leaving <laughs> before next episode is recorded I hand you my letter of, letter of resignation <laughs> I must leave more resignations in the house <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'll just start turning into no confidence votes for you Andrew <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, make sure to you know, for the next episode, keep your eyes out or keep your ears out more specifically. On social media. Social media. So, at So What Are We Watching? Uh, and also, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at So What Are We Watching at gmail.com. Uh, Is so, all the information on the Instagram page? Yeah, it should be all yeah. there. It should be, we're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I don't think LinkedIn. Um, and then if you have made it this far, answer me this question in the comments on our social media. So, what have you been watching? <laughs> what have you been watching? I but... want to know. I need. I need recommendations for films. <laughs> I'm at university. I have access to everything, but cannot find most things to watch. So please help me. But until then, that is me and JP done for this episode. So we will see you next time. So bye. Hopefully.